everyone. Welcome to the Worship Artistry Podcast. And I'm just laughing because Daniel's like sitting in the dark. Hi, Daniel. How's it going, man? You can just see my face, can't you? Just, just barely. Creep, just creeping and a creeping and a creeping. There we go. That's better. <laughs> How's it going, my friend? Yeah, I'm really good, man. How about you? I see you've got something on your lap there that you're probably going to want to talk about for in, in a second. I can see it's glorious. Oh. What have you got there? Well, I, uh, I, 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 I did it. I have dreamt of this guitar for 20 years, and I finally bought it. So I, uh, so so I, I gotta give you. The, so this is the coolest story. So, so yeah, hit me go, up. Hit me going up. way back, um, my roommate in college had an old Gibson B25. His grandfather brought it, bought it from some guy in like the backwoods of Minnesota. It's, it's a cute little guitar that was just super comfortable to play. It had an eye hook. As a as like a strap button, <laughs> like so no way. screwed an eye hook in it. It's like all this finish checking, and it was it was great. It had these like white pick guards on both sides of the sound hole. It was just it was just a really fun guitar. And yeah. I always found myself he didn't play, or like if he did, he like knew two chords or whatever. So I would play it all the time, and I just loved it. It was small and it was great. And so I always have always had a real fondness. I was like someday. Someday I'm gonna buy myself like a like a vintage old Gibson guitar, and um, and I'm just like and so, you know they they don't they don't get they don't get cheaper unfortunately you know uh, <laughs> no. so, so and and it's the kind of thing where, you know I, I would like my wife said she's like you bought like three guitars trying to get that guitar just get that guitar. <laughs> That's true, man. And so, uh, so I was I was at a party with some buddies the other day, and uh, and they were just talking about how, how like they're like, oh yeah, you know, I'm thinking about buying these like all these cars and stuff. I'm like, you know, these guys are going through their midlife crisis, and they're like wanting to buy cars. <laughs> they're buying cars. I'm like, really, all I've ever wanted in life was this guitar. Like, maybe it's time <laughs> to get the guitar. And my wife's like, like Ali's just like, you know what? It's been 20 years. How long? Like, what happens? Like, I'm out, I'm on my second soldier, shoulder surgery, you know, coming up. It's like, who knows how long I'll even be able to play? You don't want to wait till you're like, I can't move my fingers anymore, and then you get the guitar of your dreams. <laughs> exactly. So I, uh, so I'd been re- I'd been watching these for years, and so I was looking at a Gibson LG2. Kind of wanted it in like the 47 to 55, 60 era. Um, yeah, yeah. And they're very, they're all very different. Like it's. Like quality control at Gibson, not the best, and so <laughs> you could have one that sounded amazing, and then one made right after it that didn't sound very good. And so, so they're really tricky to find because it's not like you can just order it online and like just trust some guy to send you like the right one, you know? Yep. And, yep. Uh, and so anyway, so I was down in Portland a few weeks ago. I played one. Like I almost pulled the trigger, but I was like, ah, you know, like this is the first one I've even found. Like, what if there's a like. I'd have to make a bunch of like concessions like oh the top is all cracked but it's repaired right it plays great but I don't know like I, don't, I feel like there's something more and uh, and so so I so I decided to wait just looking around and started following all these like vintage guitar shops around nobody had anything but I'm just like you know what this could be a two year process I just need to walk yep. in and find the right thing when that when it happens and um, anyway on Saturday I, I I literally I just I, I, I prayed I was just like you know what God I'm not going to stress about this. It's a big, it's a big decision. It's a big purchase when the time comes. Like I'll just, I want to trust you to just lead me to the right thing. So I'm not going to go crazy. Someday I will find the right thing, and I'll be like, oh, you led me to it, and I'll say thanks. You know. Yes. So I had that. So that was Saturday. Sunday morning, I was like, oh, I wonder if like 
you know, I've been watching ReverbGuitar.com forever. That's where I get most of my other gear. And I was like, I was like, well, there's only about 10 of these guitars up for sale within our country, even, you know? So I was yeah. like, and I know which ones they all are. And I was like, well, I wonder if there's any other shops in the area that I just don't know about. And I find this one for sale from a guy like 45 minutes away from me. And it's like, it's, oh my gosh, man. How's that possible? I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like, no way. So I, you know, I email him and I'm like, hey, you know, I just, I would love to, you know, take a look at it because I need to be able to play. He's like, sure. So he drove up. He met me like halfway yesterday. Yeah. And I, you know, I started playing it and it was immediate. I was in love. You know, like you just have that, like, yeah, this is the one. <laughs> Turns out he's a pastor. What? Of like a, of like a, like a Greek Presbyterian church. So we start talking about that and I'm just like, yeah, man, like I teach people to worship, you know, worship music and everything. And, and I'm just a super sweet guy and he just buys and sells guitars. It's like a side hustle or whatever. And so wow. I was like, all right, man, I'll, I'm like, I, like, I just knew like it was just the most amazing, like, this is the one. And I, I swear to you, I got in the car, I started like tearing up because it was just, I was so grateful. It was just like, God, I trusted you. And like, you didn't even make me wait. I mean, you've made me wait 20 years, but you like, it was just kind of like, yeah, it's time. The time, the time was right. The time yeah, was man. right. And it is, that's exciting. I can't put it down. It's so, it's so beautiful. It sounds like no other well, guitar I, I have. Yeah. It's, it's got all the finish checking and the, it's just, I love it so much. <laughs> it's got some beautiful, it's got some beautiful songs in it. I'm sure waiting for you to, to find my friend. I already, Welcome. I already started. I already, like, that's I, amazing. Like, like I started playing it and I haven't been able to write anything in forever. I've just been like redoing old songs, kind of like tweaking them. And immediately yeah. I was like, well, I got two starts now. <laughs> that's the way, man. That so, is so awesome. Well, congratulations, my friend. Well, I, uh, yeah, thank you. It is, it's, it really is. It feels, it feels like a milestone, you know, it's like, and yeah. when you have those moments of like, wow, okay, I'm here now. I'm at this place in my life. And, uh, and to have God lead me to it in the way that he did, which he's always done with this kind of thing mm -hmm. for me. And so it's just like, thank you. Like just super, super grateful. It's like, it's meant to be, which made it much easier to convince my wife when I told her how much it cost. <laughs> good. But God led me to it, honey. <laughs> Don't you understand? He wants me to have this. That so is awesome. It was, it, was, it was a good price for it. Um, but yeah, Very man. Cool. It's it was Very like cool. the coolest thing. Um, I know I have to get Asher to drums, so I'm just going to go ahead and lead right here. with. Uh, we're going to speak with Tim Timmons today. Yes, I love him. Dude, the guy has so much energy. You think I have energy talking about this guitar? Like Tim Timmons has so much energy and he's just a guy with just a passion for living for Christ. You know, you can tell he's kind of gone through yep. a lot of like questioning his own life and questioning his, what his role is and what it means to serve Jesus. And, uh, he's not afraid to say it. <laughs> so it's, no. you know, it's, it's great from that. You're never like, Oh, Tim Timmons. He's so timid. He's not timid Timmons. <laughs> no. <laughs> Did my best Daniel impression right there. Yeah, you you came up with a Danielism. I'm, I'm I'm my job is done. I'm done. <laughs> and Tim and Timmons. <laughs> but uh, we just had a wonderful conversation, and uh, it's it's super super good to have him. So without further ado, Tim and Timmons.
Tim Timmons, welcome to the podcast. Woohoo! That we're, means that means I'm excited. I only right. do that if I'm excited. I like it. Well, you know, we're we're rocking we're rocking our same microphones. We're like yeah. microphone yeah. bros. Yep. So uh man, it has been a minute. Except, except I'm gonna be real honest. I don't have a cat sprawled out in the back like you've got. Oh, is my cat back there? Yeah. Oh, she's hey, is Cujo like, I, the cat. I have to I have to let her in. Otherwise she'll just meow outside the door. This is the cat that my whole family wanted that I was like, no, I'm uh, good. I don't need another animal. And now she's like my cat. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> she's, she's pretty great. I can deal with it. She's, uh, in terms of pets, what is there something where you're like, I don't know. I've never seen it poop. I, you know, it just goes outside. You know, I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, I'll leave, give you that. We, leave, we got a puppy a dish out there. She eats it. Yes. <laughs> we got a puppy in, in, in quarantine and, I have got some choice, choice words for that dog. So <laughs> I, I could, you know, I don't like cats, but I could maybe just think you're cool. You just had another, you just had another kid is basically what you had. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. Awesome. Well, man, uh, I'm so, I'm so glad to catch up with you. We had you on a, a number of years ago and I'm just going to start off with my, my main question. Like the very first one was just simple. Um, are you still cooking? Because, because at the time you had just started like raiding yep. people's kitchens and, and cooking with yep. them. How's that? Going? Yes. I still do pantry raids nice. and I, there's an R in there, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I still do that, but we're not doing our show anymore. So we were doing the show and it has literally been canceled three different times. And <laughs> not, not because of the show, just because just, I don't know, funding didn't happen or maybe that's just what everybody keeps saying. And they're like, you are terrible. <laughs> but no, I still, I still cook a ton, but that show will come back at some point. Awesome. What's your, what's your, uh, what's one of your favorite meals to cook? That's like saying, what, well, who's your favorite kid? You know? Well, you can tell me that too. Okay. Um, <laughs> one of my four kids. Uh, gosh, I mean, I don't know, but I, I love just cooking anything. I'm just a sauce nerd. So if I can make out with any good sauce, I will. And my wife's totally cool with that. Uh, <laughs> but so I, I think Mediterranean is my ultimate favorite. So, it's good but then I'm also, I am Indian. I'm straight up Indian and I am Mexican as well. So it's, I'm, I'm quite a, a mixture, an ethnic mix, mixture, if you will. Yeah, I, uh, I do. I do a lot of cooking myself. But I, I've had to do make a lot of adjustment. My wife, she, she can't eat as much as she used to be able to eat in terms of the types of foods and whatnot. And okay. uh, it's much better for me as her husband when she's eating the proper foods because it's I, she doesn't fall asleep at like 7 p.m. So, uh, which, which, you know, you got to get creative. You got to keep yeah. like, yeah, yeah. all right, we're going to sub that out. We're going to sub this. Yep. But it's kind of yep. like brought a whole different level of like problem solving to everything. And so when you can get yes. one that still is great, you're like, yes. <laughs> Call me, call me, because we, you know, with my cancer journey, we've done so many alternative food, you know, experiences. So I got some thoughts if that's helpful. Like tempeh is amazing. I could help. Yeah, call me. We'll awesome. kill it. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do that. That's we'll, another, do a another, another pod, show. Whole another podcast on that. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Well, good to hear. Well, Called hey, food artistry, worship yes. food artistry. That's what. It is. <laughs> well, let's. Uh. Yeah. Well, let's talk about your record because I you just came. It just came out. And, uh, we were just, I, I noticed the first thing I noticed about it before I even hit play was that it looks like a magazine cover. Yeah. Tell me about that. What was the thought (laughs) behind that? Uh, gosh, I wish I had a cooler thought about that. I just have the, the label integrity. 
uh, just has a really killer team. And they're like, let's just, you're different. Why not? We'll make the whole thing feel different. So uh, they just said, let's go with that theme. So we just tried to make a magazine and Lord knows I'll never be on a magazine cover. So just like, why not start now? Make my own, you know? <laughs> hey, Oprah did it, you know, totally. it works for totally. her. Um, so, so our, so tell me about this record, because one of the things that you, you never seem to do anything unintentionally. That's one thing I've noticed about your, uh, your life. And you, a lot to me. you've done a lot of different things. You've done a children's record. You've done, you know, kind of more standard worship records. This one, you very specifically draw a clear line to like, these are eight prayers. Hmm. What was your, what was your thought beyond that? What's the distinction there for you? And why was it important to put that in that, in that context? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think worship leaders, worship artists uh, that are listening, I think I ask the question all the time, like, what are we actually doing? Not in a lame way that I'm damning anything that we're doing. I'm just, I'm literally asking the question, like, what are we, I mean, let's just like step back for a second and say, huh, like when we're doing our thing, what are we actually doing? And I just think it's a wonderful and a dangerous question. And then the next question is, how did Jesus lead worship? Not how does Tim or Red Rocks or Bethel or, you know, I mean, those are great people to learn from. But how did Jesus actually lead worship? So these are the two questions that I'm always asking myself and other people trying to figure out. So I just I don't see these as songs so much as I see them as prayers. And so when I'm leading on a Sunday morning or a night or whatever, I'm not seeing this as just some more Christian songs. I don't think we need any more Christian songs, to be honest. But I think we could have different prayers that help each of us pray different things. And so I just I've noticed, you know, I was a pastor for a long time out in Orange Orange County, um, worship leader out there at a church called Mariner's Church, which is a killer community, great humans all over the place. But. I just kept seeing that we kept inviting everybody to the 80 minute gathering. And that was the deal. It was like, come here, meet Jesus here. Uh, We'll introduce you to Jesus here. If you want to worship him, this is the place to do it, which is all great. I mean, that is so beautiful. But I think, you know, as so many of you guys are and girls are in this week in week out thing that we kind of, the 80 minute gathering seems to almost become the point. And I think that's really dangerous. And for me, it was really dangerous. And it was like, we'll do these songs. You know, the, the person the person who starts out the morning does invitations or the announcements is always like, here are a few more songs. <laughs> and I go, man, I just, I don't know if we need more songs. <laughs> but what if we prayed things and we agreed on things together? So I'm seeing those songs more as like these agreements when we're corporately together. These are our agreements. Like we're all singing it in, like in Second Chronicles. They sang in unison as with one voice, you are good, your love endures forever, which was like them agreeing on something in the name of God. So when we're singing these songs, we're not just singing songs. We're singing these prayers together in agreement on these things. And Jesus says, whenever you guys agree together in my name, that I will act upon these prayers. I mean, that's like, what if it's actually true that he actually meant that? And not just a Christian saying, you know, so I, gosh, I just barfed all over you, but, uh, (laughs) that, that's one of the reasons why I get so excited about the idea of these being prayers versus just Christian songs. So the point of this record really, um, yeah, my hope is that I give people songs that they can pray in the gathering and agree on in the gathering, and then they can actually pray all week long. 
Because I think as worship leaders, I actually think that's one of the bigger roles that we actually have is not the 80-minute gathering, but how are we helping people be more aware of Jesus in the next 10,000 minutes until we gather again? So just FYI for those of you math nerds out there, there are 10,080 minutes in a week. And we are kind of in charge of the 80 minutes, which is awesome, so beautiful. But there are 10,000 other minutes until we gather again. So what's it look like for us to help people actually be aware of Jesus and what Jesus is doing and join them there versus just singing some cool songs for 80 minutes and then we bolt? So that, that's how I see my role as a worship leader is to be doing that. And I get to do that with the group that I'm leading. Um, and I think this record, the whole point of it was to actually give songs and prayers for us to do that with. Well, I like the way you look at it because, I mean, it sounds to me like what you're saying is, you know, like I always, it agrees with what I always tell people and tell me if I'm filtering this wrong, but I, um, but I always get the sense that like worship songs are tools, like they're tools for us to remember things. They're tools for us to learn what we believe. There's tools for us to express our heart. There's tools for us to speak truth. They're always tools rather than the idea of like music as entertainment, right? Like. Yeah. Like when you say like Christian songs, you almost get the sense of like, well, you got Christian radio and it's positive and encouraging, you know, yep. like, which is great. Like, I'm glad yep. there's a whole yep. lot of people yep. that really like that. Yes. Yes. But I always think of worship songs, especially corporate worship songs as tools that we use. It's giving us something to say and something to do. It's interesting with your stuff because a lot of times when people think of prayers, I know for myself, like I always tell people I write songs because I pray with my guitar in my hands. That's, yeah. that's what it is. That's yeah. why none of them are hits, but why yeah. my church likes them, <laughs> you know? Um, but uh, it's like, it's like, that's the perspective. But in a lot of scenarios, when you say that, if you just tell somebody that they're going to have an image of like these quiet meditative things, your songs are not like that. Yeah. They, they, they're, they're very joyful. They're very, they're full of energy. They're full of scripture. You're, you're praying these, these things, but they have a very clear, upbeat kind of joyful presentation. Um, is that because of your personality? Is that because of the content? What is, what is your, why is that? Um, yes, (laughs) (laughs) I think so. I mean, that's, it's all the above. I mean, it's, it comes out of me, but some of these are, um, some somewhat of lamenty kind of prayers. There's a little lament in them. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of really soft ballady things in this, but some of the slower jams are definitely um, intense, I'd say, mm-hmm. than soft and um, just acoustic. So yeah, I, I think it, I'm just trying. I was trying to match the feeling of the prayer that I'm praying to the music that I'm putting out or that we're producing. So one of the, one of the things that I, I, I was kind of reading in some of your materials, I know that you do this like 10,000 minutes, minutes idea, yeah. right. And you've got a yeah. podcast and you've, you know, you've got all these kind of different things. You really built a lot around that idea. Um, yeah. you know, there's a, what, what I kind of equate that to is it's kind of like when we, when we use songs and when we, when we teach, you know, there's like application, but then there's also implication. And it's like mm. a lot of times we apply things and we go, okay, here's this thing. And now I apply it to my life. And it's more like this direct line. Whereas if uh. we allow things to change us, that has implications for everything we do. It's not like mm, a direct cool. line. It's just kind of like brings that. Um, what are some of the things that have jumped out to you as you have taken the focus off of 
the the gathering and okay my job is to put out the song so people can sing the songs and then away i go what has jumped out to you in, in making the in kind of spreading out well no my responsibility and what i'm doing is really trying to serve the rest of this time yeah i mean i i guess i i don't want to again i don't want to damn the 80 minutes that we we gather i think it's so crazy powerful that we do that and we're in agreement together and we're singing and um, even when we clap together, I, I don't feel like that's just cheesy Christian clapping. I I'm pretty clear when I'm leading people, this is even us in agreement, even in our clapping, you know, mm-hmm. there's still like, we're, we're in this together. So I love the gathering so much. Uh, I've just found that for the most part, um, Christians rock in the 80 minutes. But if you were to say, gosh, be Jesus if are people representers of Jesus in the 10,000 minutes? I would say for the most part, no. I mean, you know, I remember Leonard Sweet at a conference. He's a great author. He oh, yeah. started the conference by saying, um, okay, everybody get out your phones. And it was a worship conference. And he said, okay, type in this. He said, and if you guys want to try it at home, go for it. Go to your, you know, internet and type in why are Christians so, and then put any letter. And for pages and pages and pages, every letter will just give you negative. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I don't know if this thing's working. I, I don't think our religious thing is working at all, to be honest. I think um, yeah, this, I think we're, we're in for it in some ways. And so what would it look like for us to not be representers of Christianity, but representers of a living, powerful God? Like that, that is game changer. And so I can do that real well in the 80 minutes, but then, you know, when somebody cuts me off on the road, I want to tell them they're number one. Yet Jesus's invitation would be, man, I know that person just totally pissed you off, but whose kingdom was just threatened right there, Tim? Was your kingdom threatened? Or if you're a girl, your queendom was threatened? Or seeking first my kingdom, how about you just pray for that person? I mean... Just do it. Just, just uh, let's turn that around. And so that's really what what began to happen was I just started seeing how awesome I was in the eighty minutes, but how little I joined Jesus during my week. Mm-hmm. You know, if I just blew it and did some sin, I need him for the grace. Or if I'm with my cancer stuff and I need him that week, it's like, oh God, heal this. Or then I just jump to him. And you know, that sounds almost cliche. Like we talk about all that that stuff all the time, but it's really actually true. Like we just, I got it from here, God, but when I need you, I need you. And worship leaders, I think our role is to help people own their own responses to Jesus all week long. And that's a very big phrase, by the way, because I'm I'm convinced that's actually how Jesus led worship was he helped people own their own response to him instead of telling them what the response was supposed to be. Like when we start out our gatherings, it's like, God's good, right? It was like all the time. And we sing some God, how great is our God? We don't, you know, whatever. But I guarantee you that 90 plus percent of the people have no clue why they just sang that song when we're done with that song. Guarantee you. And my eyes were closed and which is fine, which is wonderful. And I guarantee that probably you don't either, even as a leader, because I don't. So the way that Jesus did is he asked questions. That's actually how he led worship. He asked people questions and helped them get into their own story and then said, okay, now you own your response, like the rich young ruler or the, you know, who walked away sad after Jesus asked him questions or the woman at the well, or, I mean, it's just these 
conversations he had that asked them and invited them into their own story. So what if I were to ask instead of, or instead of just saying to everybody, God's good. Well, I said, Hey, just for a second, why, why has God been good? Are there, you know, can you think of a reason why you'd tell God right now that he's good? If you can't, what about just the, the fact that you woke up today and just give a second. Mm-hmm. Then what, then when we sing that song, we own that. Like I go, man, I can't believe you got me through another week or this happened or this happened. God, you're good. You know, I mean that all of a sudden I own my response to God and what would it look like for us as worship leaders to help people do that? Then I think we're not making just silly weak Christians, but we're actually making representers of Jesus that go out in their week and join Jesus in their week instead of just bringing their silly Christian thing to the week. I'm trying not to be sarcastic and lame and that's not, that's not my hope in any way. I just, I think this is more of a revolution, potential for revolution, worship leaders, that we have a great invitation to invite people into, or we just invite them into a religious show. And so I get a little bit excited and passionate about this because, I mean, this could literally be one of the great gifts that we, us worship leaders, get to actually give to the church is helping them all week long to represent the heart and ways of Jesus. So with 10,000minutes.com and podcasts and all that stuff, that's really what we're trying to do. And I have a text that goes out every week, uh, t- two times a week to like 25,000 people. It's so fun. So yeah, it's it's been a cool season. I love what you said about um, where you said, you know, hey, what if you pray for that person? Because I've had such a such a dramatic uh, change in myself in terms of instead of praying about things, praying for people. Mm. So instead of praying about people, God, what should I do with this? What should I, you know, like because I want to take the responsibility on myself, right? But then turning and saying, like, God, let that person find joy in their life. Like let like things that I'm struggling with, and it's amazing how God will change my heart and how I will change because I'm praying for somebody and like actually have a heart for that. Um, One of the big uh, kind of paradigm shifts for you is you often talk about, um, you know, living with Jesus rather than for him. Yeah. Um, How did that paradigm shift for you? Yeah. I mean, I was a worship leader for so long as and awesome at it. Killing, if you will, huge community doing all this stuff. And, my soul was exhausted week in, week out, week in, week out, week in, week out, Easter, week in, week out, week in, Christmas. I mean, you know, and at some point I just was like, man, Jesus, I know all about you. I just don't think I know you and I'm killing and doing all this stuff for you, but I'm literally killing myself and exhausted. My soul is exhausted. And I started looking around at all the pastors that I knew, even as I started traveling and touring, I would just I would hang up these communities and go, oh, every pastor I knew was soul tired. And yet we have the actual good news, not necessarily of Jesus dying on a cross for our sins. And I know that's a bomb that I just threw out there, but that Jesus never says that's the gospel, by the way. Jesus talks about the availability of his kingdom alive and well right now. That's the actual good news, according to Jesus, that the cross is the vehicle into the actual good news, which is the availability of the kingdom. Again, please go check that out on your own because it's pretty wild. But in that, I was just going, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted. Everybody around me is exhausted and we're pushing this exhausting religious thing onto everybody else. And so no wonder we're not actually beautiful and nobody wants to be a part of our club. 
<laughs> you know, unless you grew up in it and you feel like guilty because you're not in it. Like nobody wants to be a part of this club. But if Jesus is actually real, that's a club you want to be a part of. Like I just I want to be near that guy because he's awesome. And so I I at that point I said, Jesus, ah, I'm done working for you. <laughs> Literally. So I quit about 10 years ago ish. I quit working for Jesus. I said, I'm done working for you. I will never work for you again. Like I put in my resignation, resignation papers and I'm done. And I said, Jesus, if you're real and um, I'm going to live as though it's true that you are, which means to believe, by the way, um, then I'm going to be found living as though you're real. And I just want to join you in whatever you're doing. So I'm quit working for you and I'm just going to walk with you. And it could sound like a cheesy line, but you guys, it, it completely changed my life. So from the exhaustion, I have, I have yet to be exhausted from walking with him when I was exhausted for years of working for him. So even in the prayer, and I, I understand actually what you just said about uh, praying for other people. And I, t I think that I think we're saying the same thing. But what I say is I've prayed for God my whole life, you know, like I'm going to pray and do this thing when I, I really see him more going, hey, just pray with me. Pray, even pray with that person. Because sometimes when I pray for people, I have contempt for that person, mm -hmm. meaning I'm better than them. Going, oh, they're stuck in this. When old Logan, the is like, I'm also stuck in things. And so, Jesus, I just want to join you in praying with you for this person, if that makes sense. Yeah. It just, it's just been changing. When, you know, evangelism, which I'm actually not a huge fan of because I don't think it's that biblical. But uh, – Gosh, I love throwing up bombs. I'm sure I'm doing a lot right now. But that's like for God versus letting him open doors. When Paul went to every town, he said, God, would you open the doors for me to share about you, the, the good news of your kingdom? Not I'm going to go and break a door down. You know, that is mm -hmm. the Christian way, but that's not the kingdom way. Um, I don't believe. And so that's working for him or going on mission trips for God versus just with him. Somebody said the other day, uh, they're, they're thinking about coming and moving to Nashville where I live now. And they're like, man, I just, in my life before, when I'd go on these mission trips, I just felt like I was, I was like ready for Jesus to do cool things all the time. And we were talking about it going, and what would that look like for you where you live now? Like just ready for him to join him in what he's already doing. And just, I mean, it's just, it's so simple and almost stupid. Right. But it's just a game changer when we even think of, you know, the, the prayer you guys before we, we we gather as the church every Sunday morning, every time somebody will go, okay, guys, we've got two minutes. We've got two minutes. And then there's the quick, quick prayer. And I think it's a dangerous prayer, to be honest. But what happens in that moment is we say, God, be with us as we blank, 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 as if he's not even there. Right. And we're conjuring the guy up like, hey, would you please come hang out? And so it's just all these things, you guys, that I've done my whole life, and there's no shame attached to it whatsoever. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. Oh, look, you did this. It's a heart. It's a heart condition. It's like revealing things in our hearts going, huh, Jesus, what if you're already here, and how do I join you as a worship leader today? Like, what do you want to do? You know, it just it's just been changing my life. So as a worship leader, as a dad, um, as a thought, whatever I am, I'm, I'm just trying to join him. And never ask him to come with me anymore. Well, it's 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 powerful to I I always hate using this term because I feel like it's just such a 
garbage term. It's like, well, we're raising awareness. Like that idea is like that. Who cares? But the awareness of God's presence is unbelievably life-changing, you know? And it's like, and I'd love to say like, oh, and then I just start walking on water, you know? <laughs> but like, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's like asking, be, being in a place and that takes rhythm. Like that takes yeah. dedication, that takes purpose. And I, it's funny in my, in my own Christian life, uh, which is my, basically my whole life. Um, you know, there was for a, for a long time, it was like, when I was in high school, I was like, Hey, you gotta have your quiet time. You gotta read the Bible yeah. verse and do the yeah. devotional. Yeah. And there was a period of time where I kind of was like, that's just another chore. You're just making me do these other chores. And I don't yeah. want to do that. I want to, yeah. but how, but I, you know, like leaving that and then changing it to having it be something that I want to do. And it's like, I need God. I need Jesus. I need you here all the time. Like, put me in line with you, help me yeah. to live yeah. your will and do those things. And that, but that's like, that's like a daily practice. And I, and like, it's a necessary to me, it's like a necessary thing. Like I can have all the ideas that I have and be like, well, you know, I live up here on this and I just, this is my belief, yeah. but it, it is letting the person of Jesus affect me on the daily basis that yeah. actually changes my life. Right. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so I mean, one of the songs on here, uh, it's called No Other Gods, and I wrote it with Jason Ingram and uh, some other awesome humans. And this idea was – it's one of the practices that we do on in 10,000 Minutes and, and the thing that I do I, every week. One of the practices, we breathe in Jesus, breathe out, you have my attention. And if you mm-hmm. want to try it with me right now, but you literally breathe in Jesus, you have my attention, breathe out. And we do that all day long with the 10,000 minute community and it's crazy powerful where my attention goes every day and it goes to all these different things and the, the bridge is actually in the morning you have my attention in the evening you have my attention the laughter the dancing the crying the whatever you have my attention and we've just been practicing this and it has totally just changed the rhythm of my day and I, I see prayer used to be so complex like you were just talking about uh, as well, we do this now and read the scriptures here and all that, thing, which is wonderful. But the definition right now I've got for prayer that I'm it's aligning and realigning our hearts with the heart of God all day long. Like that's really prayer to me mm-hmm. is this aligning and realigning because all day long I'm actually going after these other gods, um, my phone, um, how my singles doing, um, if this song is going to be cool, if I'm being a good dad, if my, you know, I mean, whatever the idol is that we go after, that's where our attention is. Our attention keeps going after these things. And the chorus says, so I'll, I'll, it's basically, there, there are no other gods, God says in the first commandment, not because he's just being a, I am God and you shall worship me. You know, he's saying, British. I'm God. So and, Yes, thank you. But there are no <laughs> other gods because they don't work. They literally don't work. And so I think worship leading can become a God. I think our Sunday morning gathering, all that stuff, how we do stuff, our tracks, I think all these things can be their own idols and gods. And in the end, they don't work. And what did, uh, what's that guy? Oh, gosh. I forget his name. He's got a great British name, uh, Irish name. 
Uh, he said, uh, whatever you win people with is what you win them to. What you win people with is what you win them to. And I was going, gosh, I've won people with killer tracks and sweet smoke machines, which are, by the way, I'm a total fan of all those things. I think they're so great. It's just what, where's our attention and what's, what are we actually worshiping? Um, when guys would, you know, flub something or they'd jack up some chord or progression. I remember I'd kind of, I would look back, not like you guys are lame, but in my heart, I'm like, your guys are lame. <laughs> <laughs> we practice this, Kevin. Figure it out, you know. <laughs> But how sad as I look back. And again, there's no shame attached. I don't need to wallow in it because I'm loved no matter what. But I go, man, I think my attention was on the wrong things. And worship leaders, if our attention is on uh, the wrong things, I think we start to lose our, our way and our focus and our power and our like dangerousness, you know. What does your life look like now? Like, in, you know, I, I think a lot of times it's like – um we operate from ideas and we, we, you know, and that changes us in, in the, the, like we said, like the implication is different. Right. So, you know, you were this, you were this worship pastor, this big church and doing all those things and then you quit yep. and then you, you know, and you've been making this music and all this kind of stuff. Like what is it? What is a day in the life of Tim Timmons child of God working with Jesus? Like, what yeah. does that look? What does a typical day look like for you? Yeah. I mean, I, I suck in my stomach as much as I possibly can. Because <laughs> I'm COVID has kicked. Um, what's uh, you, I think I've got a lot of things that I do. So now I'm a part of a community out here uh, called Journey Church out here that's just awesome. But so I'm a part of that. I've got 10,000minutes.com and a podcast and all the stuff that we're doing with that. Um, and then I'm an artist that tours and writes, gets to write songs for other people and for myself. And um, and it seems like I've got all these things that I'm trying to, you know, that are vying for my attention and I've got a lot of plates, but I really feel like I've got one plate and that one plate is, uh, how do we together help each other be more aware of the presence of Jesus all day long? So I get to do that through being an artist, through hanging out with my church community and through 10,000 minutes. So I really feel like there's one plate that's vying for attention every day. So mm -hmm. that's, that's kind of one of the things. And the other thing that I think is really important and you guys can take this or leave this. My dad told me before I left, uh, one of that major job in California, I was just really frustrated and, uh, felt beat up and I don't know, just the job starts getting to you. The job becomes the job all of a sudden and you forget what you're actually doing, you know? And I remember my dad said, Tim, what if you looked at your paid position? And some of you guys aren't paid, and I love that. That's actually much better for your heart, just so you know. But uh, what if you looked at your paid position as tent making? Like, that's not your calling, in a sense, is what he's saying. And, you know, calling is, I think, a really dangerous word in, in the church because we use it. Well, I think we kind of bastardize calling because it's just not even that, that biblical either. Um, we're called to God. I mean, everything was the calling was to God. And then other things, we join him in what he's doing and he gets to open doors and that's what we get to do. But our calling is to him. But my, so my dad was saying, man, what if your church job wasn't your main like aim in life? What if just in a sense, 
walking with Jesus is your main aim in life. And if your drummer needs something, you're there to love and walk with Jesus, to love that guy with Jesus, to represent Jesus in that, in that moment. That's your, that's your ministry. Your ministry is when your neighbor comes to you and needs something. You see a widow in your neighborhood and moving into that relationship. That's your actual calling, right? That's like the ministry we have. And we get to then go, oh, cool. I actually get paid to lead people also to Jesus. That's also cool too, but it's just not putting all my eggs, ministry eggs in one basket. That has been so helpful. So now when I get to do that, I just feel like I'm joining Jesus. If he wants to open a door, he can. That's how I got my record deals is I quit working for him and I just started writing songs like, what if he's actually real? That Those are the prayers I wanted to start praying and I thought other people could pray. And then all the labels started calling me. It's like, how cool that I gave up trying to be awesome. And then once I did that, it was like, Jesus, if you want to do this, cool. You open those doors. I'm not. I'm never opening a door again because I, I don't work for you. I'm just going to walk with you. And then, you know, there's so many cool stories. And I'm signed with Provident, like Christian Sony, you know, for a few records. I'm at the Grammys. I'm, you know, it's just like, how cool that I quit working for him. And then he opens doors when I don't need to be that awesome anymore. So that that's actually the bigger story here is uh, him at work and me just joining him. It's way more fun. Yeah, uh, I actually had fully quit music. Uh, about three months before I started worship artistry. No way. Like fully was like, God, I'm done. I'm done. Like I, I'm, I'm done. I've, I've, I've done it. I've done the band thing. Yeah. I've done the worship. Yeah. Thing. I'm just done. I don't like I was all this part of me. And then like a few months later, I was like, no, just that chapter. Just that chapter is closed. Now here's your new chapter. I love and that. It's, it is, it is amazing. And it's interesting that you bring up the, I'll just kind of jump in on this real quick. Like, that whole, you know, you said you're like, oh, if you're not paid for it, man, that's good for your soul. Yeah. You know, I had, uh, I'd worked at a church and was like trying to make my living doing that. Yeah. And it was amazing how conflicted I became because it was like, I, I'm like, well, where am I, where am I ministering versus yeah. where am I just working? Yeah. You know, and yep. I'm asking people to come in and, and volunteer their time after working all week and volunteer their time on this thing. But also I need to find ways to draw boundaries and not always be here. Like, yeah. I remember just finally just going, I, I, I just, I, I quit. I'm done. Like I helped plant another church, but I'm like, I don't want to, yeah. I don't want to get paid. I just, I'm a volunteer. I want to keep it there. That's where I want it to be. And now I'm responsible for like all the worship in my church. So I take a small salary for that. Yeah. But it's still like in that space of like, yeah. And I'm still giving to this all the time. Like it's not, yeah. it was amazing how that just kind of opened up the world to me and actually yep. gave me more enjoyment and more passion around it because yeah, you're that, right. Jason. Like the job can crush you. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's, it'll, it'll do that. You know? Well, so. how much, how much we, uh, how much stock we put in the job can crush us. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I love, I'm how cool is that, that some of us get to be paid to do this. That is so rad. It just, it's also like walking through the eye of a needle in some ways, you know, totally, totally. And it's, it, and you know, I think what you pointed out of just like, you know, I, I talk all the time on the podcast about, you know, it's, it's, you know, we have a problem in our, in our, in our industry. If when you go to a worship conference, the main thing is like, we know you're burnt out. You hate your pastor. You just can't get out of bed every day, but this is your time to refresh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like this, there's something wrong. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's so good, Jason. Something yeah. is broken. Something yeah. is broken. And so 
but like, but getting to that place where, yeah, you're actually walking in, not under your own strength, but under another strength and, and in that servanthood and in that place, like, like, yeah, I used to get burnt out all the time. Like I haven't been burnt out. I planted that helped plant this church like 14 years ago, but it's, it's like, I'm in the right place, right? I'm in where Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to be. And it's like, that will, that's always going to do its thing, you know? And if God calls me to do something different, I'll go do something different. But it makes a difference. Like if we're, if we're always tired, if we're always burned out, it's like, man, that that's a symptom. That's a symptom that something, that's something you're You're sick. Right. And that is so well said. That is a symptom. And, and this is when we need to kind of just start paying attention to that. It's so good. I love that, man. Well, you, uh, you always have awesome things to say. I always love to, uh, jumping on here with you. And, uh, I don't know. We gotta, I gotta run into you gonna come up to Seattle sometime soon or what? Is that where you are? I'm North of Seattle, but I say Seattle so people know where I'm at. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, come on. I'm in. I'm totally in. You let me know and I'll, 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 I'll figure it out. No, I'd love, I love that area so much. Well, yeah, uh, you gotta, you gotta get up here or I'll come to Nashville. I got, we have all our yeah. teachers are in Nashville now. So except for me, I'm just like the lone wolf up here with my office That's staff so and, good. and all the That's good, so good. All the good guys are in Nashville. They're all better than me. It's great. And your cat <laughs> and the cats up here. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Tim, thank you so much for joining Thank you podcast. for having me on. Thank appreciate, you. You're awesome. Appreciate your time, man. It's always a good time. Of course. Man, Jason, are we going to get in trouble for some of the things he said? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. There's a lot of passion there. I appreciate the passion, and he's a very thoughtful right, guy. Very cool, man. Well, what else you got to tell us this week, Jay? Uh, I've got to tell you that I have to go bring my son to drum lessons. So uh, I'm going to go and hang out with uh, Andy Tellman, his amazing drum instructor, and uh, awesome. play my guitar outside the house. Very nice, man. Well, have a rad day. Yeah, Look forward you, to seeing you, next you week. too. Next time, next podcast, you're the only one talking because I talked this whole time. That was perfect. I loved it. I'm, I'm learning to be a listener. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. I'll see you next week. All right. Have a good week. See you, man. Bye-bye.